Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. you have your Bibles, turn to the fourth chapter of Mark. Mark chapter 4. I've got uh, 20 minutes, so let's read quickly. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm, everybody say fierce storm. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Turn me down just a little more please. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. On Sunday mornings, our lessons have been on the subject of being aware and being prepared for the storms of life. Being aware and being prepared for the storms of life. And this morning, I want to talk to you for just the next few moments and encourage you to understand this truth. You can survive whatever storm you're going through. Okay. You can survive your storm. In this study, here's what we've learned. Brokenness. Paralyzing disappointments, unexpected crises, accidents, crippling medical diagnosis, traumatic difficulties, family hardships, and even unplanned financial emergencies attack each of us in life. I guarantee you right now, you know somebody, or might even be you, but you know somebody who's going through something difficult. The storms of life come to all of us. No one is exempt from the storms of life. I cut my teeth on the Word of Faith movement. I cut my teeth on the Confession movement. I know all those boys and they're all my friends. Preach for many of them. But none of us, and them included, have been able to find a scripture that tells us in the Bible that you can be exempt from the storms of life. No one is exempt from the storms of life. I wish it were. I wish there was a magic formula or a scripture we could promise or memorize that would always exclude us from difficulty and troubles in life. But Jesus didn't even promise that. Look at John chapter 16 verse 33. Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? Everybody say tribulation. In the world you will have tribulation. 
Tribulation means pressure. It means it comes from the word to press, distress. Jesus said in the world things are going to happen to us that's going to bring distress. It's going to bring pressure. There's going to be trouble that's going to come our way. And though life storms will come our way and situations that will arise that will press us to the point that we think we can't take it anymore and that we're going to break, Jesus declared, you can have peace in the middle of your storm. Listen to me. Though it may appear that the world around us is falling apart, you don't have to fall apart. And the peace of God is available for the children of God. But we must, in the middle of the storm, we must learn to pursue and protect our peace. You've got to protect your peace. The storm wants to rob you of your peace. And you must protect your peace. In fact, if we'll learn this truth, if you can hold on to your peace, you can survive your storm. Because I guarantee you, it's not the storm that's destroying Christians today. It's the loss of peace that's destroying Christians today. There's nothing the devil can come up with that can knock you down or knock you out. God's already made that available to us, His strength and His ability. It's the loss of peace. The loss of peace. And we control whether we lose our peace or not. Not the devil. We control whether we lose our peace. So far in this study, here's what we learned. We've learned the storms of life come to Christians because we're living in a fallen world. Why do bad things happen to good people? If God is so good, why does He allow suffering? Why does He allow violence? Well, here's the reason why. We're living in a fallen world. Number two, we have a lifelong enemy. The devil don't like you. It's not like we're going through life without opposition. We have opposition. His name's the devil. And number three, sometimes in life we make poor choices. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes we get afflicted with stupid. Sometimes I've got myself in some things that I have to admit, ah, the devil didn't think that one up. I thought that one up. I made the mistake on this one. This, the devil came smart enough to get me in this mess. I made the mistake on this one. So this is what we've learned. We've also learned that storm preparation can only be effectively done in fair weather. If you wait till the storm comes to prepare, you've waited too long. And that's what a lot of Christians do. <laughs> they float through life, not giving any really concern to their spirit. They accept Jesus make Him Lord of their life, but then they just float through life and give no concern to their spiritual development and growth. And then all of a sudden the storm comes. And then they want to do a cram course in storm shelter construction. And you cannot build a storm shelter in the middle of the storm. Okay? If you wait till the storm comes to prepare, you've waited too long. And then thirdly, my ability to survive a storm is directly related to the strength of my foundation. And we've talked about that where Jesus said, if you listen to my words and obey it, you'll be like the man who built his house upon a rock. You will have a sure foundation. Well, what is your foundation? My foundation is the values, beliefs, and disciplines my life is built upon. 
My foundation. What's your foundation in life? What are the non-negotiables in your life? Your foundation. They are the values, the beliefs, and disciplines that your life is built upon. Each one of us think about the world. Every one of us have a worldview through a particular lens or filter. This filter or lens whereby we see things is called our worldview. Our worldview. And we are told that in America, that America is now a post-Christian culture. In other words, it is a culture that no longer sees through a biblical or Christian worldview. And here's the sad fact. Most Christians today have a non-Christian worldview. Most Christians today do not see the world through a Christian view. Most Christians today do not see the world through a biblical view. In other words, many Christians do not view life through the lens or filter of biblical values. They are allowing other things to form their opinion about life. This is dangerous because with this, each generation, everything slips a little further. A biblical worldview, listen to this, a biblical worldview is based on the infallible Word of God. When you believe the Bible is entirely true, then you allow it to be the foundation of everything you say and do. But we're living in a culture now where Christians will go to church every once in a while and tell everybody they're Christians and then go out and live their life with no, the Bible has no bearing on how they behave, how they think, or how they live. The Bible has no bearing on their political choices. The Bible has no bearing upon how they spend their money. The Bible has no bearing about their future, how they use their time. The Bible is just a book of history, and they claim to be a Christian, but they do not have a biblical worldview. And that's the culture in which we're living today. Look what it says again in Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 48. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, Jesus says, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. So we have learned the storms will come, and the storms come to the good and bad. We've learned it's imperative that we are prepared for the storms. Storm preparation begins in good weather. And then we've learned storm preparation begins with a solid foundation, which is a life built upon the Word of God. So, we're rocking along in life. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the storm hits. And here's what most of us do. Aha! I remember the pastor say a storm's coming. I remember it. Just in past this past week, somebody texted me and said, You said it was coming? It's coming. Can you tell me when it's leaving? I text back, I said, I can't tell you when it's leaving, but I was right on it coming. We're rocking along, and everything's good, and then all of a sudden a storm comes. And we say, Ah, pastor said it. 
I remember, remember what pastor said? He said the storm's coming. So what do we do? We get out our scriptures. We pray a little more. We get our spiritual mojo up. And we say we can survive this. And we're encouraging other people. And, and we got a spin of faith on it. And we're speaking faith. And oh, we'll get through this. We'll get through this. It's a storm. We knew they were coming. I'm prepared. It's no big deal. And a week passes. And a second week passes. And a third week passes. Or in Amanda and I's case, we discovered yesterday, a month passes. A second month passes. In fact, we talked yesterday, we just got out of a 21-month storm. That thing went on for 21 months. The overnight storm keeps hanging around. There seems to be no break in the weather. And suddenly after a month, it seems like our prayers are not getting anywhere. The situation's not changing. People are not complying. And now water's starting to get in my boat. Has anybody ever been there? Now listen. In every bad storm, fear will always try to overcome your faith. You will be tempted eventually to bail out instead of spending your time bailing water. Did you hear me? They'll get to a point, you'll say, let's bail out of this thing. Let's escape this instead of bailing water. Let's look at Mark chapter 4 again. Mark chapter 4, And as evening came, Jesus said to His disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. Verse 37, But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with His head on a cushion. The disciples woke Him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Now notice the story here. Jesus and His disciples get in a boat and Jesus says, we're going to the other side. Now listen to me. While en route to your God-designed destination, the storm will always appear. When you're en route to your God-designed destination, the storm will always appear. The devil, difficulties disappointments and delays will always show up when you are headed in the right direction. People say to me, oh, I must have missed God. All hell's broke loose. No, it might be because you're right where God wants you to be. See, Satan doesn't want you to land where God wants you to land. He doesn't want you to arrive where God wants you to arrive. He didn't want... Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He had a God plan, a God destination. It was God's will for him to get to the other side. But Satan didn't want him to get to the other side. Why? Because on the other side is going to be a demon-possessed man that got set free. And then once he got set free, he got his whole family set free. And once his family gets set free, the whole community will get set free. When he gets to the other side, two sick guys are going to be healed. See, Satan doesn't want you to get at your God-designed destination because when you get there, he knows you're going to be turned loose with the power of God. So if he can stop you from getting to where God wants you to be, then he's way ahead of the battle. See? So understand, anytime you get ready to do something for God or start in a direction, you're going to be attacked. 
Well, I thought I loved him. And why is all this happening? It's happening because Satan doesn't want you to continue loving him. He doesn't want you to be together. Why, if you're together, you'll be an example of other couples who hung in there in the rough time. If you're together, you're going to be a blessing to other people who need to see a model of godliness in their marriage. He'll do everything in his power to destroy your relationship. Why? Because he doesn't want you arriving at your God-given destination. Anytime we start a God-given trip, there will come up a storm. Jesus told his disciples, we're going to the other side. And guess what he did? He went to sleep. Why? Because he had confidence that he was going to get there. He entered into rest. Now you've got to remember, most of his disciples are fishermen. They've seen storms before. They do this for a living. And at first it was no big deal. It was just a regular storm. We've seen this. Ah, oh, it'll pass. It'll pass. Every one of us have little things. It's all the time little things come into our life. Ah, it, it, we'll get through it. No big deal. It'll pass. But this turned out to be no just little storm. It didn't pass. And their boat started taking on water. Now they're fishermen. And they get scared. I remember old boy took me. He said, Pastor, let's go fishing. I said, well, I love to go fishing with you. He said, what do you... Uh, you got anything? I said, no, I don't have a fishing pole. He said, you got a license? I said, no, I don't have a license. He said, well, you got to go get a license. So I went to Walmart and got a license. He said, you got a pole? I said, no, I don't have a pole. He says, you have any tackle? I said, no, I don't have any tackle. I don't have a pole. Why do I need tackle if I don't have a pole? He said, well, I got pole. I got tackle. He said, I'll get the bait. He said, uh, you, you bring something to eat. I said, all right. So I went and got a big bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and a bunch of grilled corn. He said, Pastor, people don't eat. We got there, and he said, what'd you bring to eat? And I said, I got a bucket of fried chicken and and corn on the cob. He said, Pastor, that's not what you eat at the lake. I said, well, you told me to handle the food. I eat what I eat. It might not be what you eat, but I eat what I eat. And I said, what time we... And and he said, now meet me at 7 o'clock at night. I said, can't we fish it? Nine o'clock in the morning? He said, no, we're going to fish at night. We'll fish about three hours and we'll come home. I said, well, good. So we got out there. We got lost. He got lost on the lake. He said, Pastor, I don't know where I am. Do you know? I said, I don't go fishing. This is your boat, your bait, your tackle, your pole, your lake, your dadgum fish. I have no idea where I'm at. At 2 o'clock in the morning, we were all over that lake. You know, it's a scary thing to be lost on a lake. And I remember what he said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm going to sit here and eat this chicken and, and enjoy this corn. I remember what Jesus did. So about 3.30, he said, I think I know where we are. I said, well, go. And I was finishing up the bucket by then. And I, I said, well, I'm glad because I was about to run out of chicken here. So sometimes it's just not a regular storm. Verse 37, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? Now listen to me. When faith gives way to fear, we'll become victims instead of victors. 
When faith gives way to fear, you'll become a victim. And remember, these are fishermen. Ah, oh, this ain't no bad deal, man. We fishing. In fact, they're the ones that told Jesus, let's get in the boat. Let's get in the boat. This is their area. This is their expertise. But all of a sudden, their faith gave way to fear. And suddenly, they became victims. Don't you care about us? We're getting ready to drown. Before, they said, we got this thing. You go take your nap. We got this thing. And now, all of a sudden, they become victims. When faith gives way to fear, we become victims instead of victors. And look how Jesus responded, verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. In verse 40, then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Listen, saints, if you're going to get through it, you must learn to speak to it. See? If you're going to get through it, you've got to learn to speak to it. Notice Jesus didn't get up and start blaming people. Notice Jesus didn't get up and put it on Facebook. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Y'all pray for me. I'm going through it. No, Jesus spoke to the mountain. He spoke to the storm. If you're going to get through it, you've got to speak to it. You've got to tell that storm, you are not going to defeat us. You're not going to hinder us. We are going to get through this situation. You are underneath our feet. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against we will prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to command your storm to be silent and the Jesus in you has got to get bigger than your storm. See, if you're going to get through it, you've got to speak to it. Fear causes us to run from it. Faith motivates us to speak to it. Now let me give you one more scripture. Turn with me to Acts chapter 27. Different storm, different people. The Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 27, verse 9. Paul's en route to Rome. The only way to get there is by ship. And this is what it said. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Verse 10, Men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead of us if we go on. Shipwreck. Loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, that's where they were, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. Verse 13, When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength called a northeasterner burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Verse 16. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. 
Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Notice they got the anchor down and this, this storm is still carrying them. Verse 18. The next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship. Now they're in this storm two or three days. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. It's taken on water and they don't want to sink. So they're throwing things overboard to lighten the load. The terrible storm raged for many days. Many days. It's not an overnighter. Blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Isn't that just like a preacher? I told you so. (laughs) Hadn't seen the sun for days. Ships taken on water. Hadn't eaten for days. And here shows up the preacher. Well, I told you so. You should have listened to me. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and I whom I serve stand beside me. Now notice what he said. The angel stood beside me. Let me tell you who's not scared of the storm. Jesus is not scared of the storm. You might be afraid, but he's not. You might be in the middle of fear, but he's not afraid of the storm. Don't be afraid, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What more? God in his goodness has granted safety. Now, notice this. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. Now, listen to me. I'm going to share a principle with you. When you are in the middle of a storm, Find people of faith. When you're in the middle of a storm, find people of faith. Notice what the Bible says. The Lord said, I'm going to save you, Paul, and everybody with you. I'm going to save you and everybody with you. When you get in the middle of a storm, you find people of faith. It never fails. People start going through some difficulty in their marriage. And who do they go to talk to? Somebody else has got difficulty in their marriage. They're having difficulty at work. Who do they go talk to? The other disgruntled employee at work. Listen, if you're in the middle of hell, you need to find somebody that's walking in heaven. You don't need to find somebody else that's walking in hell. The Lord said to Paul, I'm going to save you and everybody's hanging out with you. So if you're in the middle of a storm, find people of faith. Verse 27, about midnight on the 14th night of the storm. This thing's going on two weeks. No relief in sight for two weeks. As we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors since land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found that it was only 90 feet deep. In other words, we're getting close to land. We're getting close to land. And then they thought, at this rate, we were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Verse 30. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. 
They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay on board. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Listen to me. Fear will always tempt you to escape instead of endure. Fear will always tempt you. Just, I just want to get out of this thing. I just want to get out of this mess. Fear will always tempt you to escape instead of endure. And I've learned this, and it's a difficult lesson to learn, but I've learned this. There have been times in my life that the only road to my God destination was the path of enduring, not the shortcut of escaping. There have been times in my life that the only way I was going to get to where God wanted me to be was to go through it, not go around it, not to escape out of it. I wished it wasn't that way. I don't like trouble. I don't like confrontation. I don't like storms. I don't like pain. I don't like pain. But sometimes I've realized I've got to get through this thing, not go around this thing. Why is it that way? Let me show you why it's that way. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, when troubles come your way, James walked with Jesus, one of the apostles. When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. You're dead and in heaven. When troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Jesus is not looking to raise a bunch of wimps who just gets to heaven and never had any troubles or difficulties. He's looking for people that's going to mature and develop and be men and women of God who's willing to face any mountain, overcome any foe, defeat any challenge. I, uh, you know, about the first of every year, I fall prey to what everybody else does. Well, I need to lose weight and work out. I need to start looking like Bubba. Lean, mean, ushering machine. But Amanda and I have talked about this several times. Have you ever noticed those people running? If you, when you leave today and you drive down and you see anybody running, just ask yourself, look at them. Slow down and look at them. Are they laughing and cutting up while they're running? And nobody running out there in this heat having fun. I don't know why they get out there and put themselves through that. They're not, have, you ever, have you ever seen anybody running and they go, ha, 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 ha. No, they're like this. <laughs> and I'm saying, why do I want to put myself through that? I'm pastoring a bunch of nuts. Why do I got enough pain? Why do I want to go through that? So I went over here to Planet Fitness. I said, well, you know it's nine ninety five a month. I'm going to go over there. And I went over there and they were, <laughs> they couldn't get it up and they're sweating and 
pen and fussing and, and, and you know, and then they'll get in the mirror and go like this and go like this. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to pay nine ninety five, I can get me three blizzards for that amount. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... When I have a blizzard, it's not this... It's... Yum, yum. point I'm wanting to make is if you're ever going to get in shape, there's got to be some resistance. <laughs> I drive by that Planet Fitness every day and my muscles don't get any stronger. <laughs> Try it. You drive by there, see if I get... You've got, to, you've got to have some resistance. What would ever make us think that we're ever going to be the men and women of God by not encountering some resistance in life? The Lord is more interested in you becoming the man and woman He's designed you to be than He is of you just getting out of every difficulty that you ever face. Sometimes we have to endure instead of escaping. And it can get tough. It can get tough. But I want you to know the Lord will be with you the, every step of the way. He'll be with you. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth. 